Book ten, chapter two of Round the Block by John Belbuton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Playing with the line. The conjecture was correct, but with Mr. Chiffield came Matthew Maltboy. They had arrived on the doorsteps at the same moment, coming from different directions. Mr. Weddell received Chiffield with his heartiest grip, and inflicted only a mild squeeze on the hand of Maltboy whose appearance at that time he considered decidedly unfortunate. The father thought he had observed in Clementina signs of preference for that corpulent young lawyer. He was pained to see that Clementina barely extended the tips of her fingers to Chiffield, while to Maltboy she gave her whole palm with great cordiality. Not only this, but she encouraged Maltboy to take a seat by her, and commenced talking with him of the opera, of balls, of new music, of fashions, of the last novel, rattling away on these subjects as if her whole soul were wrapped up in the discussion. It was almost a monologue. Maltboy's part consisted of, Yes, I think so, too. We agree perfectly and adjectives of admiration occasionally thrown in. That musical voice! He could have listened with rapture to its recital of the multiplication table. Mr. Chiffield and Mr. Waddell had settled themselves on a tete-a-tete, and after some cursory observations on the weather, commenced talking of finance, a theme of which neither of those gentlemen ever tired so money is getting tighter said mr Waddell, after a pause to digest the awful truth which mr chiffield had imparted to him now i shouldn't be surprised sir to hear of failures before long and in quarters where the public least expect them if mr Waddell's double eyeglass had been astride his nose instead of swinging in his fingers he might have noticed a faint paleness blending with the deep yellow of Mr. Chiffield's complexion. That gentleman replied a little more quickly than was his wont. A few small, weak houses may go down, perhaps, but the strong ones will weather the storm easily enough. If our establishment could live through 1847, it is in no danger now and such was the good fortune of Upjack, Chiffield, and Company, I well remember, said Mr. Woodell. Mr. Chiffield bowed his gracious acknowledgment of the handsome historical allusion. How is Erie, Mr. Chiffield? Looking up. Sure of it? A leading Wall Street man told me this afternoon it would advance three per cent this week. I have a slight interest in watching it said Mr. Chiffield, smiling. So have I, said Mr. Waddell, smiling also. During their conversation and the remainder of their financial dialogue, Mr. Waddell kept one ear and occasionally one eye, inclined toward his daughter and the favored Maltboy. If there was a hint conveyed in those side glances at his daughter, she either did not notice it or did not choose to take it. Sometimes Mr. Chiffield looked in the same direction, but casually, as it were, and without one sign of impatience visible in the depths of his calm brown eyes. Mr. Chiffield was not a nervous man. Matthew Maltboy was so perfectly free from selfishness at this moment 
that he would cheerfully have spared a few words from Miss Woodell's delightful monologue for the gratification of his late rival. Late was now decidedly the word in Maltboy's opinion, over the way. In the exercise of his large charity and compassion, he pitied that unfortunate, sadly disappointed dealer in dry goods. This pity, as Matthew used to say in after-days, was thrown away. At the end of a brilliant description of new sets of quadrilles which Miss Waddell had danced at a sociable the night before, that young lady said, Excuse me, and crossed the room to a what-not in the corner, and searched for something among a pile of magazines and pictures. The thought that she was making efforts to please him tickled Matthew's vanity. While she was overhauling the pile, Mr. Waddell left his seat by Chiffield, and took the one just vacated by his daughter. Matthew received him with the diplomatic courtesy due to the parent of one's enchantress, and made a well-meant if not novel remark on the state of the weather. Mr. Waddell mildly disputed his proposition, whatever it was, for Mr. W. was always disputatious on that subject, and then passed to the consideration of national politics. The one topic naturally suggests the other, said Mr. Waddell, for they are equally variable. This was one of the father's few standard jokes, and Maltboy always laughed at it with the heartiness of a future son-in-law. They then grappled with the great theme in earnest. End of Book 10, Chapter 2